At Hardee's, we love to surprise people. Surprise! We added the loaded omelet biscuit to our two-for-four-dollar mix-and-match deal. Choose from our loaded omelet biscuit and three other select breakfast favorites. Any two for four dollars. Hardee's, cause it tastes better. Offer available for a limited time during regular breakfast hours at participating Hardee's restaurants. Price and participation may vary. Tax not included. Blog Talk Radio. It's time for Breathe Again Magazine, the radio show. A moment of hope, inspiration, and solutions. Listen to real-life testimonies from women and men just like you who have gone from victim to victorious. Sit back, listen, connect in the chat room, and share the show with a friend. Here's your host, author, and motivational speaker, Nicole Cleveland. Hello, 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 and welcome to Breathe Again, the radio show. I am your host, Nicole Cleveland, and I'm here with another testimony, victorious testimony of faith and inspiration and solutions. You know, we come to you each week. We haven't been here in a minute, but I'm so glad to be back. But we come to you to share the struggles of our brothers and our sisters, but not just the struggles. We want to share um, the solutions they've gone through, they've come out, and now they're here to share their story to let you know that God is no respecter of persons. If he did it for them, he will definitely, definitely do it for you. So if you're going through, I want you to hang on in there, my brother, my sister. Trouble don't last always. It really does not. And we live in seasons and we live in cycles and so um, where where you are right now is not where you're going to end up at. It's not where you start. It's really where you finish. So we got a phenomenal show for you. I want you to sit back. I do want you to share the show. I want you to tell somebody about the show. And if you are a new listener, thank you so much for joining us on today. I really, really appreciate it. I hope something is said today that will bless you, inspire you, encourage you or just make you think, you know, just make you think about, well, hey, maybe I was looking at it a, a little bit different because that's what I want people to walk away with each and every time they listen to Breathe Again, the radio show. You know, I want you to follow us, connect with us. Y'all know if y'all part of the family, I hate it when people say follow me because I only want you to follow me as I follow Christ, right? But I do want you to connect with us, um, stay connected with us on our social media networks. It is on Facebook, it's Breathe Again Magazine. On Twitter, it's at Breathe Again. And you can, you can also connect with me personally. It's at Nicole C. Online. That's everywhere. At Nicole C. Online. That's on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. And I promise I won't spam you. I promise you won't get um, discouraged by anything that I post because I really want to be a message of hope. I call myself a, a hope dealer, a hope dealer. I want you to know that there is hope, so connect with us. But you know what I also want you to do? I want you to consider yourself to be a guest on the show. If you have a powerful testimony, if you know God did that thing for you and only you, and you know if it had not been for God, on your side. You would not have made it. You wouldn't be here today. If that's you, I want to interview you. You know, your testimony is not for you. It's not for you to 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 get out of the struggle, get out of the valley. God did that thing for you, and now you just sit on it because 
you're ashamed or you don't want to tell people what you went through. No, 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 that's not what it's about. You know, the world says get all you can and can all you get. But what are they canning it for? Are they canning it for later use? Or, or I don't understand that analogy at all. But I want you to help somebody else. I want you to take what you've gone through, take those tears and turn it into a testimony. Take that test and turn it into a testimony and help somebody. I want you to sit back and think about it. You know, somebody right now is crying the same tears that you cried. Somebody right now is thinking about ending their life the same way that you thought about ending your life. Now, what if you would have said something to that person in the line with you at the store? What if you would have shared something with that coworker that's going through? What if you would have said something with that sister or brother that's sitting on the pew next to you in church? Think about that. Think about it, you know. I don't want the blood on me, so I want to do what God has called me to do. And I hope that's your prayer as well. I hope that's your prayer as well. Someone needs to hear your story. Their life depends on it. Um, If that's you and you want to be on the show, go to breatheagainmagazine.org. That's breatheagainmagazine.org and click share your story. Share your story. Complete that submission form. My team will get with you and, and we'll get you on the show to share your story. You'll feel much better, too. You will feel much better. So we got a show for you today. I tell you, my brother, Davian Clifton, is in the house, in the building, on the phone, and he is going to share his story with you. Powerful story, powerful testimony. He went through, he came out, and, you know, he was riding high. He was a mortgage broker, and he was he was really living his best life. The market crashed, and he lost everything. He had to go to Flippin' Burgers, you know, come on, taking care of your family and you, you flying high, owning houses and having money and, you know, not having to want for anything in your life. And then you find yourself incarcerated, getting out, and now I'm flipping burgers. Think about that thing. Does that do something to a man? Well, we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about it today. He's going to share his story, and he's going to share his um, new book that he has, and he has some events coming out as well. Hey, family, you know how we do. We go into our prayer, we come back, and then we go right into our segment. So don't go away. We will be right back. Father, Father, you hear our hearts this morning. We do not want to settle. We do not want to find our comfortable position and put up our tent there and be happy with you blessing me and mine. Father, we understand today that forgiveness and reconciliation and blessing and favor is given for reason, Lord God. It is given for purpose, Father. And today, God, we say, forgive us, forgive us, Father, when we have taken on this attitude, Lord God, of all you've done. Father, use us, God, use us, pick us, choose us, Father. We want to spend ourselves. Father, I want to get to heaven with a life poured out, not with a life that looks perfect, Father. I want it to not look good. I want it to be good, Father. We love you today, Father God. We love you today, Father God. We love you today, Father God. Let our love be seen, Father God, on this earth. Let our love be carved out, Father. 
God on the pavements of our neighborhood. Let our love be carved out for you, Father. Oh, Jesus, for the lonely. Lord, for the state that we were in. We were in that state, God. Yet someone bothered to take the time and present you to us. We'll never, ever take it for granted. And in turn, we live our lives as a thank you. As a thank you, Father. As a thank you. Amen. Amen. Love, love, love that prayer. It is Darlene Sheck and Israel Newbreed. We play that right before we jump into our segment with our guests. Um, I believe it really sets the atmosphere. I know it's my prayer. I hope it's yours, too. I don't want my life to look good. I want it to be good. And every day we get a chance to wake up, we need to live our lives as a thank you. We see so much death around us, so many people going on, transitioning. And they're not transitioning just at 80 and 90 years old anymore. People are having massive heart attacks at 25 and 35 and they are leaving this world so every day we get to wake up we should live our lives as a thank you all right that's my soapbox that's what i believe and i'm going to stick to it so let's jump right into our first segment our only segment on today well actually we have two we're going to talk to davy and clifton in the first segment about his story and then we're going to come back in the second segment and talk to him about his new release his book that he has coming out as well as his radio show and some events he has in the community. So Davian Clifton knows what it's like to be up, but he also knows what it's like to have his freedom taken away. After being a successful mortgage broker for over 12 years, he lost it all when the housing market crashed. He lost his business, personal finances, his home, and his pride. He was broke and charged with a felony. He spent two years in the state correctional facility. When Davian came home, he literally had to start from scratch. Now, he is a college graduate, and he went from having it all to having to flip burgers to take care of his family after being released from prison. Today, Davian is using his story to help men understand the importance of taking their rightful place in the home. Welcome to the show, Davian. Thank you for having me. Thank you. You are more than welcome. Davian, I said a little bit bio-wise about who you are. Why don't you tell the audience how Davian will describe Davian? Wow, just sitting here listening to you read my story, ooh, I, I got kind of emotional. It, it almost allowed me to go through it again, experience it again, and I can't do nothing but just thank God for allowing me to go through that because, like you said, everything happens for a reason, and I know that, you know, that that was my testimony. But when you're going through that test, that test is rough. It's rough when you're going through the test to realize that there's a purpose for that test. Because I can re- yeah. I can remember every day that I I experienced what I experienced like it was yesterday, and you know. But yeah. I'm I'm just a regular guy. I'm born and raised in this area. Uh, born in Portsmouth, went to school in the Chesapeake area. Went to Western Branch High School. Decent school, decent student. Played football and basketball. I, I was lucky enough to have enough athletic ability to get a football scholarship to the University of Virginia. Um, that was a blessing. I ended up transferring to Hampton University, where I'm a, a proud Hamp- graduate of Hampton. I'm a Hamptonian, and I played ball there and got my degree in communication disorders. I came out and started working in the school system for a while and got married and started having kids and just basically living, you know, 
lack of a better word, the American dream, like they say. Um, and God yeah. bless me. I've always been the type of person that had a lot of faith uh, from a, a growing up and playing ball and, and just having, you know, having to believe in my abilities. And you know, I was raised in the church. Um, you know, I have that type of family where it's either half of you, you're either a preacher or you're in and out of jail. It, it was, there's no middle in my family. <laughs> right, you no know, middle so ground. <laughs> no middle ground in my family. You know, I got bishops and pastors, and I got people that stay in and out of jail you know, every, every day. So I was raised in the church, and I've always believed in the, the power of prayer, and I've always believed that, you know, God's no respect to a person. So, you know, if you want something, you can go after it. And that was just something that was always inside of me, and I was able to go after things. You know, I I've owned over eight or nine businesses. You know, I'm the type of person, if I can see something and it makes sense to me, you know, I do the work. You know, I've never been scared to put in the work. So I do the work and go after it. And I was blessed to, to build my mortgage business to be pretty successful. I was doing very well. Um, you know, I was doing the, doing my thing, so to speak. I was I built a $600,000 house in this area. And in this area, that's a nice-sized house. You know, six-bedroom, 6,000-square-foot home. And, you know the problem I had was I started listening to my friends. I started listening to my friends tell me how good I was doing, and I stopped taking the praise off of God because when I was going through it, I gave them all the praise. But then I started listening to the people saying, Dave, you the man. You you good, Dave. You, you, you're doing it. And I started believing it. And the problem is God is a jealous God. He, he's not going to let you take his praise from him. He's not going to let you take his credit from him. So he had to humble me. And that's a that's a terrible thing when you when you get humbled by God that's that's a rough experience, and, and I can yeah. tell you from from experience, and that's why when you just read my Bible I was like wow man I remember that I remember each each thing that happened I remember when I lost my house I remember when the sheriff came to my door to 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 put us out I remember when I lost all my business money I remember when I lost all my investment property I remember when I caught the charge. And I remember going to court thinking that I was going to get probation. I was coming home, and the judge said, no, i got to make an example of you, and I'm not going to let you go home. And I can remember the, I can remember the deputy grabbing my, my arm and saying, step this way. And I'm just flabbergasted because I had left and told my family, I'll be right back. Everything is fine. And I only had to be able to call them when I got a chance to say, hey, I'm not coming home. They just gave me two years. And watching how that devastated my family. It just it, it tore us apart to lose everything. They got to get put out on in the street. You know, thank God for family. We was able to, to move in with some family to take care of. But you know, I was basically taken out of the the, the equation. You yeah, know, yeah. and it, it it destroyed my were, marriage. Look, I'm sorry. Good. Right, go ahead. Go ahead. So, and you were you were the sole provider in your home, and so you were the head of the household. So let's go back a little bit. So, Davian, you had um, you were a mortgage broker. You were living that life, and then you find yourself losing everything. And then there was a felony charge. Talk to me about the charge. What was the charge? How did you end up at that point? Well, what happened was I was doing investment deals because I was I was the type that was type that was the time when everybody was flipping property. I was mm-hmm. I was known as one of the flipping kings. I could flip a house in two weeks and 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 make money off of it in thirty days, and that was my specialty. And I, a friend of mine that I knew had known fifteen years, came to me and asked me to show him how to do it. And it's it's, it's amazing because at the time my wife told me she would never 
comment on my business deals. Never. She never even asked about it. But out of the blue, she came to me and said, I don't think you should, should do this deal with brother so-and-so. And I'm like, wow, since when are you making, you know, advice? And, like, you know, I was, I was heavy big. I was being don't arrogant. To I, was, I was arrogant <laughs> at the time. I was like, no, nah, you don't know what you're talking about. I do it. Mm-hmm. Even though in the, in the back of my mind I knew what she was saying was kind of true because I was feeling kind of funny about it. But, I, you mm-hmm. know, I had that pride. I'm saying I can make it work. But before I was always saying I'm I'm turning it over to the Lord. The Lord gonna make it work for me. When I said mm-hmm. I'm gonna make it work, that's when that was the beginning of my doom. That was the beginning of my downfall. And what happened was the deal fell through. When when property values dropped, everybody that that was in that deal lost their money. Now even mm-hmm. though I was able to repay the people that was in the deal and they got their money back, the judge still say you should have never dealt with these people. You are experienced professional. You should have never dealt with people who know, didn't know what they was doing, and I got to make an example of Because I was doing a time when everything was falling, and they were blaming loan officers for the entire market crash. Right, right. That was the time and where she, they had no documents. You didn't have to prove your exactly. income and all that Interest, stuff, interest right? only loans and all of that, exactly. Right. And they blamed all the loan officers. But the funny thing was the loan officers could only do what the banks allowed us to do. But the banks mm-hmm. were the ones with all the money. So, of course, you know, the federal government can't blame the bank. They came out to the loan offices, and they, mm-hmm. all the fingers were pointed at us, and that's what she did. She said, I need to make an example of you, and that changed my life. And, I mean, I, I was flabbergasted. Yeah. So, Davian, was that the first time that you were in the system? How did you feel yes. after they took your arm and they, they took you to jail and you just told your family, I'll be right back? <laughs> I, I, when it first happened, I felt like someone had just punched me in my gut. I was just, mm. I was lost. When I was sitting in a holding cell, I, it seemed like I was in a holding cell for days. It was like, it was, and I was, just, I was in a, a fog, and I couldn't, I can remember being in there for, it seemed like maybe a half hour to an hour before I even realized that there was other people in the cell with me, because I was just mm. literally in a fog. And when, it, it was funny, because one of the deputies, he came to me and said, man, you're going to be all right. And at the time, I didn't even realize, but I knew him because I used to be a coach. I used to coach AAU basketball, and he used to coach against me. And I had known the man for years, but because of everything was going on, I was in the fog. I hadn't even recognized that I knew the guy. And he looked at me and said, Big Dave, it's going to be all right. And I looked at him, and I said, man, I don't see him right now. He said, trust me, it's going to be all right. And the, and the ironic thing was, Throughout the entire time that I was going through, God was sending people towards me to, for little things like that. It would say little nuggets at me. He would show me little favor in, in certain instances that really seemed minute, but it was really big at the time. And all he was doing when I sat back and, and, and looked back and at it, he was making me realize that, yeah, I'm letting you go through this, but I got you. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah, you, you're going through it. I know you think you're at your bottom, but I got you. Don't worry about it. Because everything, everywhere I was going, he was showing me favor. You know, I mean, to the point where when I got sent up the road, the first thing you're trying to do is find a little job, make a little money so you can have some money in your pocket. And, I mean, when I say little, I mean little. Like, they were paying people 25 cents an hour type little. But the mm. first job I got was the biggest job on the yard. Okay, and I was big baller, 40, big I was baller on 40, the yard. Look, I was paying all of 43 cents an hour, but it was funny. <laughs> you better go ahead. <laughs> you know, I'm balling. I'm making more money every day on the yard. And it was ironic because <laughs> then people got mad because, you know, there's people uh-huh. that's been there for 
10, 15 years trying to get that job that I got. And I said, how this guy just got here? He already got that job. Mm-hmm. And that ain't the place to have people mad at you. So I'm just getting <laughs> on the yard now. I got to walk, walk and wash my back behind a 43 cent an hour job. I'm like, right. are you serious? People want to fight me behind this? But I didn't realize <laughs> that <laughs> what what God was doing to me. Everywhere I went throughout that entire time, he wouldn't allow me to be alone. Because I would try to mind my business because I didn't want to get in no trouble. And I would be sitting down and somebody would just walk up to me. Say, hey, man. And they just strike up a conversation. And before you know it, I'm talking to them, giving advice, you know, trying to show them and trying to help them. I remember one day walking down the hallway, and I was, it was really one of my lowest days, and I heard some people in the classroom, and I kind of was nosing, peeked in there, and it was the GED class. And my, my cellmate was in that class, and when he came back to the cell, I asked him about it, and he wasn't really excited because he said, man, yeah, I want to get it, man, but the teacher is so terrible. I said, what do you mean? He said, man, she don't, she, she's not a good teacher. So I said, well, I mean, I, you know, I ain't no better than nobody else, but, you know, I do have a college degree. Maybe I can help. So that next day I went and, and I, I interrupted the class, introduced myself. I said, I, mean, I really don't know what I can do, but I, can I help? I, 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 will, I would love to help you out. She said, yeah, she loved the opportunity. And I'm watching her teach, and I remember she was talking about something, and nobody was following her. And then I, she caught me looking at her. She said, can you explain this a little better? <laughs> and I got up, and I was able to give everybody in there a scenario. <laughs> exactly. You know, I was able to relate to them. I said, okay, imagine you're on the street corner, and you got you got to do this, and you got to pump out this stuff, and you got to make it happen like this. And everybody mm-hmm. connected. Everybody okay. started putting their hands up, and that led to me doing private tutoring and everything. And it allowed oh. my time there to go faster because I felt like I was helping people. And I felt like, okay, well, if I'm here, I need to make the best of it. You know, I I mean, it is what it is. It ain't going to change. It ain't going to go by no faster. So, hey, if I'm going to be here, let me at least help somebody, you know, because I I can't do nothing else. I can't do no work. So then I found myself just doing stuff. Like I went to the the little chapel they were having. The guy playing on the piano was awful, you know, and there was a young boy that I saw he could play, but he didn't know any songs. So I started teaching him songs that I knew. Now, I can't Mm -hmm. sing a lick and can't play anything, but I know my songs. You know, I'm uh-huh. one of the ones, you know, make a joy for noise. You may not like my noise, but I can, I, I, least, <laughs> I, I can sing it. So I taught them songs. That, and, and I just tried to make my stay better by helping people that was there. And I can yeah. feel that God was showing me my favor. He said, okay, look, you know, I'm going to give it back to you, but I need you to get in line like I need you to be because it's, it's people out there that I need you to reach. You went through this for a reason. And like what you said in the introduction, you know, people got to realize that, you know, you go through the test for your testimony, and your testimony is not for you, it's for others. That is so Absolutely. true. That is yeah. so true. Because you yeah. go through, and that's why when I, when I started my show to help men out, I realized that there's a lot of brothers going through. Because like when I was going through, I didn't know who to talk to. And I was, everything was falling down around me, and I was keeping it to myself. And I didn't, tell, I, didn't, I didn't even tell my wife. My wife didn't even know we were getting put out of the house until a week before we got evicted. And I'm still trying to figure out what to do and what to do instead of sharing it and telling people in the ass. And I probably would have been able to get out of what I got, but I kept it to myself. And that's what men do. We keep everything inside because, first of all, we don't want to seem weak. We don't want to tell our significant others that we got a problem because that makes us look weak. So we don't want to do that. And we don't want to show that we don't know. 
you know, and so we keep it to ourselves, and that's the worst thing to do. So, like, on my radio show, I always like to share my stories. I always share my personal stories because, first of all, I don't want to talk about nobody else. I want to let them know, look, this is what I went through because I know somebody else is going through the same thing that I went through. And it makes them realize, like you also said, that you're not the only one. You're not the only one. Yeah. Uh, Davian, talk to me about the home front. So you were in prison. How was that home support? How was home going, your wife, your family? How was that support for you? And why is that support so important? Can you talk to maybe some some listeners that may be in that situation and they, or they may be facing that situation right now, but they're saying, okay, they did that. Let them go on. I need to do what I need to do here because I'm in the real world. Talk a little bit about the importance of support. Like you said, that, that support is everything. Um, mm-hmm. Being in a situation like that, I, I saw a lot of brothers who didn't have anything, didn't have nobody helping them at all. And they were truly lost. And that was really a sad situation. And it also made me really appreciate, you know, what I had. Now, I'm not going to lie to you. The decisions I made and what happened, it pretty much destroyed my marriage. And, you know, and my family was, you know, because my kids didn't know. You know, my, I've always been a hands-on father. I've always been everything and at everything and everywhere. Anything my kids did, I was there. So for me to not to be there for them, that that was a major hit on everybody in the house. You know, everybody, they didn't know what was going on, especially since they didn't have time to prepare for it or they didn't even know what was going on until it happened. And so it took a major blow, and all of that was on me. So that that was, you know, I, I got to that point. I don't have any more pride. My pride had to be shut down. My pride had to go to the ground. You know, my pride had to be shut down because I didn't have any – any more options. I couldn't be walking around here saying I'm the man anymore that, you know, yeah. do what I say. I had to earn that respect back, you know, and it, it was really hard. Especially when I came home and and with all the experience and the education I had, I couldn't find a job. I, mm-hmm. All the connections I had, I could not find a job. Even the jobs that I knew it would line up, they would fall through. And I'm saying, Lord, I mean, are you still trying to show me something? And I said, mm-hmm. well, okay, okay, you know, I can remember when I was gone, I was walking on the yard one day with an older guy, and he was just talking, and he said something that stuck with me. He said, you know what? People are always talking about what they won't do. He said, man, anything beats a blank. I said, you know what? That is so true. I said, yeah, I mean, you can't say, you know, I don't want to do this type of job if you not, you don't have a job at all. You know, you can't be holding out for management when you're not working at all. That don't even make sense. And plus, my son at the time was about four years old. He needed to see daddy go out that door going to work. He didn't care where it was, he, you know. And yeah, the funny Davey, thing let was, me jump right in there. Let me jump in ahead. there for a second because on your show, because I listen to your show and I think it's a phenomenal show and women can learn so much as well as men can learn. So kudos to you and for you just stepping out in ministry and sharing your heart and your struggles and what you've had to overcome. But I want to talk about that one where you talked about you couldn't have no pride. Your son had to see you get up and go to work every day um, because many men out there, they don't work. They they allow their woman to take care of them, the woman going mm-hmm. to work every day, but they're not doing anything. And I have the utmost respect for you, and I wanted to make sure that I, I said this to you on the show today because you went, you college college graduate, 
well-educated, um, you've been through so much, you've seen so many highs, but you did not count it robbery to go to McDonald's and flip burgers. So I just really want to commend you for that because that right there well, is a you. lesson in itself for everybody. Thank you. I appreciate that. I mean, I, I yeah. really didn't have a choice. Uh, and, and like you said, I, I know guys like that, and, and I tell them to their face, I have no respect for you. Mm-hmm. If you're not if you're not contributing at all to your household, how can you consider yourself a man? That's just my opinion. Mm-hmm. I, I just don't have any. I have no respect for that. Especially with having a, a son in my household, he my son was at that age where he thought daddy hung the moon. He was doing everything mm-hmm. he saw daddy do. If I would brush my teeth, he would watch how I brush my teeth. So he had to see me go out the door to go to work, so that he would know that's what a man does. He didn't care where I was going. It didn't matter to him. And actually, what's funny thing was, at that age, when he found out I was working at McDonald's, he thought that was the coolest job in the world. He said, oh, boy, you love McDonald's. He thought it was cool. Bring me so some you went to McDonald's, Daddy? Really? Oh, my God, great. And you know, every day I'm bringing home food. He thought that was the best thing in the world. And it was kind of funny right. to me. I was like, wow, that is funny. You know, but I had to swallow my pride. Because I'm like, okay, I, yeah, I may not be making the money I used to make, but, hey, at that time, I was working at McDonald's. All I could think about was, hey, when I was on the yard, I was making $0.43 cent an hour. So, hey, mm-hmm. $8 an hour sounded very, very good at the time. Right, you know, right. man, yeah, I can't compare to where money I used to make, but no, I'm not in that position right now. And yeah. I still knew that if I did what I was supposed to do, that God would bless me so that I can get back to where I was at. But I still had to earn that right. I had to show him, hey, I got the faith, Lord. I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do. If all you're giving me is this right now, then I'm going to do it, and I'm going to do the best job I can do. So when I went there, I I went with the attitude, okay, let's do this. I'm being trained by kids that's younger than my kids, but, hey, that's that's no problem. Show me what to do, man. Let's make this happen. And my attitude was I'm going in here put this work in because I had to come home with something. I'm sorry, Mm -hmm. I cannot sit in my house and not not have no contribution to the house. That was not an option. That, just, mm-hmm. that wasn't that an option. And I also knew that opportunities come to those that are working. Opportunities don't come to you when you're just sitting around doing nothing. It doesn't work like that. Mm-hmm. When you're when you out here grinding, other opportunities come. When they see the type of person you are, the work ethic that you had, that's when they got to bless you with other things. That's, just, that's my personal belief, and I've always believed that, and it's always worked for me that way. Because when I was at yeah. McDonald's, I started off flipping burgers, Next thing you know, he was offering me an assistant manager position. Next thing you know, I'm the second highest paid person in the restaurant. Look at that. Look at that. But I, ha- I had to be willing to do – I had to be willing to flip the burgers. Because, I, I mean, when I started out, I can remember one day I was back there flipping burgers. And I and this is the ironic part. Not only did I work at McDonald's, but I worked at the McDonald's across the neighborhood from where I grew up at. So wow. everybody who came in there knew me. That that was wow. And when I first got the job, I was like, "Wow, Lord, you gonna put me here at this McDonald's of all places?" So every yeah. day I got to deal with Dave. What you doing about there, man? Hey, Dave! They literally yelling out at me. I'm like, "Wow, seriously? I got to do this?" <laughs> Dave, why are you right, right, right. with man? <laughs> yeah. I, I had to swallow my pride. 
I know that's right. So it's never really a loss. It's it's always a lesson. And Breathe Again is a moment of hope, inspiration, and solution. So we talk about what we've gone through, but we also want to encourage that person that's where you once were. So, Dave, I want you to take a minute or so. And I said, Dave, Davian, I want you to take a minute or so. Everybody call me Big and I want Dave, you to, too, so you can call me Dave. Oh, they do. Okay, Big Dave. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> I want you to take a minute or so and minister to that that man or that woman that may be listening that finds themselves in a very embarrassing state right now. They're full of pride, and they don't know which way to turn, go. They may be facing a a bid that they got to do in jail, and they just don't know what's going to take place or what's going to happen to their family. So I want you to minister to that person as if they're standing to you right now. You know, my brother, my sister, all I can tell you is, hey, what you've done, you've done. You can't change that. We've all made mistakes. I know at the time you feel as though you're the only one that made the mistake and you're feeling terrible about it, and there may be some people that you need to say you're sorry to and you may need to make amends to that, and that's, that's really important. But the first person you've got to say you're sorry to is yourself. You have to make sure that you know that, okay, I did this, but I can turn it around. And you turn it around by making that decision. That first of all, I'm not going back that way. Wherever that way was or whatever you did or whatever's going on, you don't have to go there. Go go back there. You can ch- turn it around. And God will bless you. Because, see, these are the times that he wants you to turn to him. These are the times that he he's ready to show out for you. Because he's watching and say, okay, now, what you going to do? He want to know, are you going to turn to him? And he's going to know, are you going to do what I ask you to do? Because the thing about it is, when he blesses you, he's not blessing you for you. He's blessing you for the people that he has in store. Because there are people out there that only you can talk to, only you can minister to, only you can witness to. And he knows that. And he wants to put you in a position for that right time when you're walking down the street, when you're walking to the elevator, when you're in the line at Walmart, you are prepared to say and do what you're supposed to do so that you can reach that person that he needs you to reach. So embrace what you've done. Own it. Especially brothers, own your own what you've done, man. Don't point the finger at nobody else. Own it yourself. And I know it's going to be hard to do sometimes, but you swallow your pride and say, okay, look, I did what I did. Now what? Because I can tell you, man, I was there. I know how it feels. I know how it is to stand in front of that man with that black robe on and have him put past judgment on you and talk to you and look at you like you not worth two cents and make you feel low. And then turn yourself around and say, you know what, I am. I'm a child of God, and I got to have everything that's meant for me to have. And that's a decision that you can make. You may be feeling down right now, but but tomorrow is is promised, and it has so many opportunities and possibilities for you. Reach out there and grab them and go for it. You know, if you need somebody to talk to, reach out to me. I'll be glad to help you because I've been there, and I know how it is, and I love you, and ain't nothing you can do about that. I love it, love it, love it, love it. We're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to come back, and we're going to talk about um, Big Dave's new book that he has coming out, as well as his radio show. Um, Don't go away. We'll be right back.
Thank you so much for tuning in. You are listening to Breathe Again, the radio show with your host, Nicole Cleveland. And today our guest is Davian Clifton, and he is on the show talking about the struggles of a man. Now, Davian, thanks so much for hanging out with us on today. You have a book that's about to be released, and it is called It's Not Easy Being Abraham, The Struggle of Being the Head of the House. Talk to me a little bit about why you wrote that book. I wrote that book because just dealing with the issues that I was dealing with as a man and as the head of my household, as the husband, as the father, as the the son, as the brother, I realized that there are things that, you know, that a man deals with on a daily basis. I mean, and not even just, you know, very serious things like, you know, spiritual and financing, things as simple as, you know, when something breaks in the house, how you fix it? You know, uh, mm-hmm. uh, when everybody tell, you know, the toilet running, you know, I need you to fix it. And you know deep down, you don't know nothing about no darn toilet, but you don't want to <laughs> say you don't. So you got to go ahead and try to decide, okay, am I going to try to do this or do, am I going to try to pay the money to a plumber to do it? And, and the book <laughs> talks about all of those things. I use a lot of short stories in it. gives a lot of examples. It comes from all different ethnic backgrounds, socioeconomic backgrounds, and it just talks about a lot of issues that men deal with and how we handle them and how, whether or not we communicate about it or we internalize it or we, you know, take it head on and we just deal with it. It's an exciting book. It's a struggling book. It's a, a, a book that I think that men and women can learn from. Awesome, awesome. Um, Thanks for your transparency and for opening up with the book to help other people because you'll reach people that you may not reach at the local level. Um, So when is it set to be released? It's it's set to be released Labor Day weekend. That's that's Saturday, the the 1st, September the 1st. Okay. You'll have to come back on the show once it's released and we can – talk about the actual book and some of the chapters on the inside. Um, Dave, you also have a radio show. It's called The Call of Abraham. What's the mission of the show? When can people listen to it? When can they go back and listen to the archives? The mission of the show is to discuss the issues of today's man. It was a spinoff from the book. The book was something that I, I thought of writing almost 10 years ago. It's just been Sometimes I'm on it, sometimes I'm not. And I decided, you know what, this is something that needs to be dealt with on a regular basis. Um, it comes on the Praise Network, which is if you're in the southeastern Virginia areas, which is uh, 92.5, 96.9, 104.9, AM 1270, and AM 1650. Um, you can also go to my website, uh, which is abrahamscall.com, and you can listen to the show live. It airs every Saturday morning at 9 a.m., you know, and – it's, it's really it's really taking off. We're only two months in right now, and, but I'm so excited about it. The responses that I'm getting from people, the questions, the, dealing with the different topics and the comments is awesome, and I'm really loving it. Yeah, yeah. Congratulations on your new show and the release of your new book. Uh, you also do a lot in the community. You have a back-to-school event coming out. Yes, I'm working with Pastor Orlando Goodhope at the Chesapeake uh, Christian Center, and we're having a day of prayer, a back-to-school day of prayer. We want to focus on the the schools because everything is going on with these shootings and all the things that are going on in the schools nowadays. We want churches to adopt the school that's in their area. And that Saturday, we want everybody to go out to that, that school that they adopted 
and walk the grounds and pray for that school. And throughout the entire school year, we want you guys at your, in your sanctuaries or in your homes or whatever to continue to pray for those students or the school so we can put down uh, a, a covering of protection over those, those children because things that are going on right now is very unsettling, and we need to really, you know, do something to try to protect our kids. Yeah, you're so right. It's a different world. I was sharing that with um, someone actually just yesterday. Um, I I was talking about the day and age that we grew up versus today, and we've got to yes. really be prayed up and be praying for our, our children and releasing those ministering time. angels that are assigned to those children each and every day. Cause they got to deal with and go through so much more than what we had to deal with. That is so true. That is so true. So, Big Dave, you, it's okay that I call you Big Dave, right? Because we friends <laughs> it now, sure right? Is. <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> well, it's been a pleasure. I want you to. I want to thank you so much for hanging out with me on today, just being transparent and sharing what you shared on today to help so many people. People will come back and they'll listen to the show. They're listening now. How can they reach out to you if someone just has a question? It may be a wife that's dealing with the situation that you were in before. It may be a man that's full of pride and just don't know, that can't take care of his family and is on the verge of leaving or or running or just giving up. How can they reach out to you so you can be a resource in the community? You can go to my website. All of my communication and contact information is listed up there. Again, it's www.abrahamscall.com. I would be glad to, to receive any emails, any comments, any requests to speak at your at your church or community events or wherever, just to share, just to anything you need. I'm, I'm there for you. Um, feel free to contact me at any time. I will return the calls. I will return the emails as soon as possible, and I'll be glad to help you any way I can. I love it, love it, love it. Thanks so much for um, stopping by the show. You have a blessed day. Thank you for having me. Talk to you later. All right. All right, listeners, I know you were blessed by Davian Clifton. Go on out there and reach out to him. He is on social media, Davian Clifton. He's Davian Clifton 1 on Twitter, I believe. But all of his connections and how to reach out to him are on his website, and that is abrahamscall.com. That is abrahams with an S call.com. Let's support one another. There's people out here that they're doing more more good than bad. I know a lot of times we often see the negativity, but there's a lot of positive things going on out here. Let's surround ourselves with individuals like my guest today. And again, y'all know I appreciate you so very much for hanging out with us on today. You could have been anywhere on the internet. You could have been doing anything, listening or watching anything, but you saw fit to hang out with us. And I don't take that for granted. I appreciate you very much. Again, y'all know I never say goodbye. I always say until next time. Y'all have a fabulous, fabulous rest of the weekend. God bless you.
parties, we love to surprise people. Surprise! We added the loaded omelet biscuit to our two-for-four-dollar mix-and-match deal. Choose from our loaded omelet biscuit and three other select breakfast favorites. Any two for four dollars. Hardy's because it tastes better. Offer available for a limited time during regular breakfast hours at participating Hardy's restaurants. Price and participation may vary. Tax not included. At Hardy's, we love to surprise people. Surprise! We added the loaded omelet biscuit to our two-for-four-dollar mix-and-match deal. Choose from our loaded omelet biscuit and three other select breakfast favorites. Any two for four dollars. Hardy's because it tastes better. Offer available for a limited time during regular breakfast hours at participating Hardy's restaurants. Price and participation may vary. Tax not included.